everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. We did it. That's all of our names. Success. Podcast over. Podcast. Let's hear the real ones. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So we got a lot of of good stuff to talk about on this episode of the show. Uh, We'll go ahead and get kicked off with some news, though, because there's been some big movie news going on. There really has. Um, I'll start out with... Well, let's discuss um, the last big movie chain in the United States is now set to reopen. Regal Cinemas is going to start a, uh, I guess, like a phased reopening beginning uh, April 2nd, which is um, very soon. However, there's some bad news in there for us. It does not include our local um, Warren Theater. Yeah. It is not on the list to reopen April second, but it will. There are there are different phases, so hopefully we get it back soon. What? Mine's open by July. Right. So there's going to be more theaters opening on April 9th and April sixteenth. There'll be more in those uh, batches, but a whole bunch of theaters will open April second, including in California, Florida, New York, Nevada, Tennessee, Texas, Washington. And the other Warren Theater in Oklahoma, the Moore Theater, will reopen. Mm, Cool. They're doing that to uh, kick off the, I guess, official summer movie season with uh, Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know what order's in. That's exciting. Uh, Regal has been like dead closed for months. Um, They kind of reopened last fall, I think, and it didn't stick. They closed. And just said, forget about it. We're done. Mm-hmm. Now, I could be wrong, but I think also Regal is the only one of like the big, the big four um, theater chains, which is I think its ownership is international. Like they're part of a group called they're part of like a, a group called Cineworld, I think. Yeah. So like they yeah. own a bunch of uh, theaters in the UK and Europe and stuff like that too. So that yeah. might have had something to do with why they were closed for so long. So. Um... They're going to reopen with basically the same kind of rules that Cinemark and AMC and the others have reopened with, you know, um, health screenings for employees, uh, socially distanced seating and concession stands, limited menus, um, face mask requirements. (coughs) Um, Let's see, I was trying to uh, 50% theater capacity increasing fresh air intake so all that fun stuff i didn't as i looked through it i didn't see anything different so but that's exciting to have another set of theaters reopening so that we can hopefully get some more movies out in theaters now that we've got um over a hundred million vaccines distributed in the united states and isn't it isn't it 200 million the goal is 200 million with the first hundred days some odd days Ah. Okay. Yes. I'm interested to see 200 million shots in the first 100 days of the administration. That's the goal. I'm interested to see as the vaccinations continue to get rolled out and as these movie theaters open and more and more of them open to see how the box office numbers are impacted. I know, David, the uh, movie I we're know. talking about later doesn't have box office stats, but do you have box office stats for this week? I'm just. Just out of my own curiosity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's save those for the end. But okay. I'm intrigued to see as more theaters are opening, if people are actually going to feel comfortable going to them 
Because I think that there's also going to be, I think there's going to be this weird whiplash effect, maybe I'm wrong, of people who are so excited to do things, but also people who have not done anything for so long that they're still very reserved to yeah. do certain things like go to a movie theater. Well, see, well, I, I would tell- think that would be, that would make the movie theater the key activity because it is going and doing something, but still silently alone in the dark. So yes. it's not overexerting social energy or anything like that. Right. Um, it's the best part of the pandemic with doing something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, Being I, can, alone. I can get out of um, the house, but still be on my own. I'll take a movie ticket, please. Well, I'll tell you this. And this is, um, this is the, this is, uh, this is a theater detail I can, I can give you is that as of right now. So like the highest grossing movie in America, right. Uh, with, the most like with the, the openings that we have had recently is in it has been in a max of 2,500 theaters. Okay, 2,500 theaters that's with Los Angeles reopening, New York reopening, and they're making their way up. Um, last year, not even the highest grossing movie last year, uh, Star Wars. Let's let me put it this way the most theaters, Star Wars, the Star Wars episode nine was in over 4,400, 4,400. So we're still not even quite to the halfway point of theaters being open, which kind of ties into our next story and why, even though things are looking better, there's a lot, uh, there's a long way to go before the theater industry is completely uh, healthy enough to justify some of these bigger blockbuster movies, these high budget films. Um, but hopefully we get there soon. Um, hopefully, you know, they can crack 3000 soon. I mean, bad boys for life was the highest grossing movie last year and it was in 3,700 theaters. So, um, uh, with that in mind, do you want to get on to the next topic, which is a big yeah. shift for, uh, from Disney, uh, on its, uh, it's uh, movie slate. Yeah. Despite the uh, really good theater news, um, Disney has decided to shift some pretty big, movie openings, including one of the most anticipated movies of, of this year and last year, uh, Marvel's Black Widow, which will come out July 9th in theaters and on Disney Plus Premiere Access. Um, uh, I'm kind of surprised by it because they'd held out for so long. Um, they refused to do that. And then it seemed like now that things are looking up, they've decided to do it. It's very confusing to me. Um, and uh, there's a, they've obviously had to shift a whole bunch of other things because of it. Um, the whole like Marvel slate has shifted a bit. Um, the Shang-Chi movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was supposed to come out July 9th. It will now come out in September. Um, the Eternals is shortly after that. Um, the, the cool news for Marvel fans is depending on if there are any more delays, there's like a six month span where there's a shit ton of Marvel movies coming aren't like, Yeah, but aren't there four total? <laughs> Something like that. Plus the Crazy. shows, like the Marvel thing is gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of that. But here's the funniest part of the whole thing to me. And um, I know, cause we've talked about it before, uh, Garrett's gonna absolutely hate this part. But the King's Man has been moved again to yes. December 2022, which means that the wow. King's Man will come out a full three years past its original intended release date. Oh, man, I remember watching November, November 2019, that movie was supposed to come out. Listen, this movie has been delayed 
pre-pandemic. It's the new New Mutants. The trailer won't go away <laughs> for the life of me. I need this movie to be released. I need this movie. Once this movie is released, that is the moment that I will see normal again. I had, I've been living in a Groundhog Day of this damn Kingsman <laughs> for three years. And yeah. I need it to end. I need it's it pretty to end. So, yeah. I, Garrett, weren't you in a theater where someone was like, I don't think that has anything to do with the Kingsman? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yep, I certainly did. I laughed. I just, I don't understand. So is there a reason why it's being delayed a whole other year? I don't know why it's being delayed that long because the other movies aren't. Um are they reshooting the entire movie? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Let's see. I mean, uh, at least give me enough for a new trailer. They might just want to. I guess they're, they're probably just trying to stake out a weekend that doesn't have a ton of other competition. You Could know, um, you know, they they moved Shang Chi back to um, I think um, what is it Memorial Day weekend? No, that's not right. They moved it back to Labor Day weekend. Yeah, currently and, uh, there's not that much else there right now. So. Um, do you guys remember the movie the free free guy with ryan reynolds he's a video game character yeah 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 that is now august 13th and uh death on the nile Mm. now february 2022 yeah that was a way out too so and uh and they also um i guess they pushed back the release date for cruella but they're they are releasing it in may so i mean they're clearly like okay we can release something in may but let's wait until we have a chance for like more theaters to be open for Black Widow. Yeah. I guess they're kind of like, you know, if they can get up to, I mean, if they can get up to even like 3,500 or 4,000 theaters by May yeah. or by July, that'd be huge. Yeah. yeah. Maximize their, 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 their money on that. So from Disney's perspective, it makes sense. But unfortunately it has the adverse side effect of continuing to hobble the theater industry as they make their way through the end of this pandemic. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things I can see both sides and I kind of really wish that they had figured something else out. Yeah. And I think the the biggest head scratcher of all is um, um, pulling Pixar's Luca from theaters completely. Yeah. Making it a Disney plus exclusive um, with no added cost at least, but um, that's, that's two Pixar movies in a row that theaters aren't even being allowed to touch. And that's just, I don't find, I did, it seems indefensible to me at this point. Um, yeah, it you know, really I would weird. be interested to see how much money they made off of Soul. Just, I yeah. mean, I don't know if they've said, but I mean, for that, because you got to think that- um, Well, Soul came yeah. out for free, so they made no money. Mm, that's true, yeah. Well, no money in terms of, no, no, no money in terms of like <laughs> traditional sales. But a lot. I was. I watched. I had. A, I watched a really interesting video about uh, how movies, how studios make money with movies. And obviously, and Josh, you can attest this. I think a little bit having a, a background working in movie theaters. But um, it's not like when a movie's released, um, the studio gets a hundred percent of that revenue. They might get a higher percentage when the movie, like the opening weekend. But then it eventually kind of works its way down. That like the theater takes like r- roughly around 50-50 by the end of the movie's run, right? So for every, so even though like a movie like Inside Out made like $700 million at the box office, it only had like a profit margin when you take in marketing and um, we take in the production cost, it only had a profit margin of about $178 million. So it's not like it had a huge upside. Now, Soul, they put all the money in the budget, but they didn't have to, but what they got back 
is that they don't have, they didn't have to spend as much on marketing because they can just market it uh, through Disney plus, which they already own. And then I don't know what, it's hard to look this kind of number up, but the way that most Disney movies make a lot of money is through their merch sales. Because while cars had like a profit margin of like 180 to $200 million, it's a $19 billion merchandise franchise. So if soul is a big merch seller, which I'd be surprised if it's as big as it wouldn't obviously be as big as cars or toy story, but if soul becomes a pretty decent merch seller, then they'll make probably more money than they might've made um, in the theater run. Um, I think that soul's movie theater numbers probably would have been comparable to Coco, which did well, but did way better internationally than it did in the United States. So it's hard to say. And that's the thing is, unfortunately, Disney's never going to be forthcoming about this uh, in terms of how these things did, Uh, you know, like did soul help raise more subscribers? Did, did they have a correlation to believe that soul, uh, had, did, did well enough that Luca could do the same, uh, without, uh, without having to charge people for it. Did Ryan, the last dragon do so well on premier access that they thought we can release black widow, both in theaters and make a ton of money in theaters and release it on premier access and make a ton of money in premier access. Um, I wish they just say that instead of just kind of leaving us to speculate. Yeah. Because Feige has said several times that he wanted to do, he didn't want to do the premier access route. He wanted to do a traditional big theater release. So um, obviously there's information that they're just not sharing that makes it, I mean, it unfortunately leaves us to speculate. Yeah. Yeah. But, sorry, that, I, I, I've been in a rabbit hole ever since, ever since they pushed it again. I've been going through these kind of things. At least we're getting answers now in terms of when is this stuff going to happen? Because, you know, once they make the, the commitment to do a Disney Plus premiere, even in tandem with theaters, we know it's going to stick. Black Widow's yeah. coming out July 9th. Um, they've yet to move a date that included a Disney Plus premiere. So I think yeah. they're solid on that one. Um, it'll just be interesting to see, yeah. Will it still be a big Marvel box office hit or not? I suspect... I think even yes. Yes. I think it may not be the big, it obviously won't be the biggest Marvel movie ever in terms of that, but I think it'll do well, especially if they have more and more theaters open. But the funny thing is Disney now is over a hundred million subscribers on Disney plus. Uh, They did that in less than two years, what it took Netflix like 15, 16 years to do. And with this premier access thing with their product, $30, which is kind of a lot, but if only, 7% 7% of subscribers do the premier access route. That's $210 million. No split with the theater profit. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's almost like it would be, it, it's surprising that they aren't doing it with more things, but I know they can't, I, they probably know they can't get away with doing it with everything, but. No, it's very weird. So I don't, I don't want it to be. Longer, so we'll see. I know there's a lot of people out there who would, be perfectly happy never leaving their home and only watching things on their televisions, but I, it ain't me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just make, if anything, they just need to find a way to make the theater experience even more special. Yeah, that's the thing. Make it make it better. Make keep improv- yeah. and, and they have been. Um, I think the theater experience has improved greatly, uh, especially in the chains. You know, there's been like indie theaters and smaller companies that have kind of been really nice for a long time now. Mm. Um, your Alamo Draft House is in your local stuff like our local circle cinema but 
in the last several years, you've actually seen the chains finally take that on, which has been nice. Um, so that's that. Let's go into our review of the week. Yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. Da, so da, 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 da. On this episode, it's this the show, return of Superman talk. Yes. We are going if to you... review Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four hour and two minute cut of Justice League. Um, that fans have been demanding for years with their hashtag, hashtag. Snyder cuts. Yes. Zack Snyder had to famously leave the production of Justice League. Gosh, I don't know how far along they were, but they, they were in post production. They were pretty far along, but not so far along that they couldn't drastically change everything about the movie. Mm. Um, yep. Due to a family emergency, he left that, and uh, the directorial um, job was taken over by Joss Whedon to the disappointment of many people <laughs> when the movie literally was everyone. not good. The movie was a was quite a bomb, critically and commercially, and fans for years have been demanding this. Earlier, um, when was it? Was it early this year or late last year when they announced that this would come out? I feel like it was early this year. I think it was like January. Yeah, I think it was like January. Warner Brothers said, you know what? The Snyder Cut's coming to HBO Max exclusively. And it came out in uh, late March. And here we are to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. This is a weird one because it's like uh, a the same movie, but a but a totally different movie. So like, yeah. I don't know. I assume if you're watching this, you probably have seen it and don't care about spoilers. But also, it's hard to spoil it because the plot is mostly the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there's so much more detail to the yeah. plot this time. There wasn't. There did, I mean, I'll be honest. Oh, sorry. I'll be honest. I did not rewatch uh, as it's now known the Justice League before uh, this i really should have probably because it would have given me maybe a better a little bit better clarity as to what changes there really were but there were several things that were quite obvious because there were whole new uh plot points character uh storylines that just weren't even existent in the original um it is um it's impossible to say it's not a better movie yeah let Um, me let me ask this simple question uh, one word answer for everyone. We'll just go in a circle. Was the Snyder Cut better than the original theatrical cut? Andrew. Don't know. You don't You don't have to <laughs> you, say if you like it. You, you just probably, have to say, was you, it better? You never saw the original, did you? I never saw the original. Oh, you, then you literally don't know. Okay. Never yeah. saw it. Better for fair, it, really. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Uh, it is, yes. It's better than the theatrical cut. David. I would say 100%. I would also say it's considerably better than the theatrical cut. Okay. Um, then I guess I'm, I'm, then I'm super intrigued in hearing Andrew's thoughts first since he never saw the original cut to compare it to. Okay. So I do have thoughts. And that well, is I hope- the- Yeah, I would hope so. Otherwise, you'd be fired. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, my thing about the Snyder cut is this. I don't like Zack Snyder. I don't. I really don't. I don't don't like him. And the thing is, is that when it comes to Zack Snyder, I feel like his style of films is way too... It's way too comical. Like, it's way too... It's trying to immerse immerse you into the world of the comic. 
And he loves the use of slow motion. Loves? You might say, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. uh, What were we going to say? I was trying to come up with like a really good joke, but I I, I whiffed on it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, there's, There's only a few directors that I know of that actually use slow motion to its advantage. One person is John Woo. Um, mm-hmm. But well, what he does here, I feel like this movie was at its four-hour running time. I feel like this movie could have been maybe a solid three hours. Like, I feel like there's 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 a lot of like, there's a lot of like dragging on mm-hmm. this. Um, I will say this, for what it's worth, this movie has a lot of substance. It's, mm-hmm. This movie's got more substance than, more substance than uh, I know it came out. I know that, that it came out like at a weird time in the DC universe. It came out like before all of the characters were really established. It came mm-hmm. out before Wonder Woman. It came out before Aquaman. So yeah. well, it came out after Wonder Woman, but yeah, you're right. Before one Aquaman. Oh, did it? Okay, I think it came out the same year as Wonder Woman. Okay, um, I don't. I mean, but but my thing is, is that like. Like when this movie was released, there were still characters that weren't established yet, mm-hmm. and that's that's where I can kind of understand the. Con- I mean, the confusion. I have not seen the just the Justice League. My thing is, when it comes to this movie, I think it's pretty good action wise. I think it's a good film. I think it's a good film. If you are a hardcore fan of the DC universe, I wish I was. I can't say that I am. There's elements of the DC universe that I like. I don't know, but like the Batman Superman thing is kind of, it's, it's old to me. And it's like, uh, it, it, for some reason, I'm just, I wasn't an inter- like, I wasn't interested in it before. I'm a little bit more interested now, now that we know everybody, but um, I'm eager to see where the DC universe goes after this. Nowhere. Yeah, probably. But um, but my thing is, is that like, if my final analysis of this film is, it's a good, it's a good action flick. Um, it's like an epic action flick that we don't see anymore. But it could have been a little bit quicker. So it's tra- it's desperately trying to be. I feel like it's desperately trying to be uh, uh, in-game. Yeah. Those got, comparisons going to come up, man. I got, I, I got, I definitely got Avengers Infinity War vibes. Hmm. Yeah. And then, then these two movies, I mean, these two, those two, uh, three movies, I guess you could say, were being sort of worked on all around the same time. Yeah. Um, so crazy. I don't know. It actually came out first. Yeah, it would. You know, it, it this and what all the stuff he's working on would have come out. Because um, this movie ended up being released, I think, in November uh, 2017. So it would have come out of like four or five months before. Yeah. Uh, Infinity War. Um, yeah. But it's kind of one of those things too of like there's there's sort of a they're they're both comic book things, and comic book things for lack you know for all of the diversity they have there's sort of a traditional thing of big invader guy comes in 
to, you know, and his and, and Big Bad is, you know, is is coming to take over and heroes gather to fight Big Bad. Um, you know, you could make the same argument that's very similar to like the last episode of Justice League Unlimited or, you know, something uh, something like that. So, you know, it's it's it does a great job, I think, of telling that story. But yeah, the similarities can't be ignored in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. The, the entire time I was just thinking of like, it, it, I was just like, this is too much like the Avengers. And yeah, you're right. It did come out before, but like, I, I was just thinking like, this is way too much like the Avengers. I'm getting that. And I'm, you know, I'm curious. I'm especially curious that if now thinking about it, if it were to be released in its entirety before Avengers infinity war, would that change anything? Because then you have Marvel fans thinking like, Oh, wait a minute. This is too much like Justice League. It's possible. I mean, I think that I, I don't think enti- well, you know, I can address that. We can address that later, I think. But I, I, I think it would be, you know, you're definitely going to have that. You're always going to have that. The comparison between these two comic book franchises, despite yeah. moving into the theater realm or the the the, the, the TV script or the um, you know, the, the TV shows and movies, like they're in totally different different uh, formats now. But they're always going to be linked. The, the, the discussion between DC and Marvel is always going to be linked. And if, if I can just lay one more thing out. I'll lay um, it out, babe. What's... <laughs> uh, if I can just say one more thing. The four by three format. Yeah, what would you think of that? I thought that was, an, I thought that was interesting. I want to know what, what Zack Snyder was thinking. Can I tell you what I believe he was, what I believe the issue was there? So they shot a lot of this movie to be for IMAX, you know, for the IMAX format, um, which is going to be those big, tall screens. And so to reconfigure the entire thing they had shot for, I guess, a traditional widescreen TV like most people have at home, I guess was going to be like a big extra expenditure that would have probably pushed when they could have released this thing back a long ways. And I'm sure, you know, they put Zach's, they put that that's because of Zach's uh, creative integrity at the front. I'm sure also he probably pushed back and said, no, this is the way I shot it. You should keep it this way. But um, that's what I, that's what I've gathered from uh, the, from sources on the internet, okay. which I don't have pulled up here. I wish I had. <laughs> we'll just take me. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. All right. Well, who's next? Yeah. I'll, I'll go next. How about that? No, go ahead, Josh. So I liked that this movie was presented in six chapters because it allowed me to treat it like a miniseries yes. and not sit and watch a four-hour movie straight through, which yeah. I find um, nearly impossible to do. Um, so did you do it over six nights or did you do like two a night? No, I want to say it probably took like three nights, maybe four. I can't remember exactly, but it was like maybe maybe one chapter this night, two the next, something like that. So. Um, no, I didn't just watch one every night. Um, but it did help a lot because I feel like I was able to kind of take it all in easier. Mm-hmm. They each chapter ended in an appropriate way that left me curious about the next chapter. Um, they didn't feel like disjointed or anything. And it felt more like a comprehensive story. And a little more like an epic in, in that way, because it's it's really, it, it's like an added device to, to guide us through the movie. And so I liked that. And 
you know, a lot of people are like, you won't sit and watch a four-hour movie, but you'll sit and watch six hours of Criminal Minds on Netflix and not move. Yeah. Like, that is true for some people, but that's, still, that's not true for me. I will still not sit and watch that many episodes of anything <laughs> in a row. I will not sit and watch the same thing for four hours uh, unless something has gone wrong. Um, so it was really, really good for me. I like that part of it. Now, story-wise, um, to try to not be too repetitive, I what I really liked was the added backstory and kind of lore and world building. I really liked learning about the history of the the silly named mother boxes and how they came to be and like the original battle where they were all like protected by the different realms. I like that. I like the extra backstory for, I forgot his name for a second, Cyborg. We got a little bit more of him. Mm-hmm. Now I like, yeah. I liked the new introduction to Barry Allen, except for like the hot dog part was a little awkward. Yeah, it was still strange. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. It was, I just didn't feel like it landed, but I did like it because um, the effects they use for when the flash runs was cool. I yeah. like that a lot. I like all the lightning. I like that he literally ran out of his shoes, uh, like his shoes ripped apart. Um, that was neat. Mm-hmm. So, like he shattered the glass just by like yeah, he, putting his finger in like his shoes. Yeah, he like warps it and then it shatters. So all that was cool. All the added backstory was cool. Um, if there was one plot line, if you want to call it that, that didn't quite fit for me, it was that I felt like we spent too long getting random scenes of Lois Lane um, that felt confusing for a lo- the longest time because mm. superman's barely mentioned for a good chunk of it and we don't get to his resurrection until a long way into the movie mm. so those were the only parts that i felt like didn't quite work was the, was amy adams parts because not only is she just kind of there randomly for the longest time in her scenes there's hardly any speaking <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. So it really is just like cut to Amy Adams being forlorn for a little bit and then go back to whatever the, the action is. So all that was good. Um, but but generally speaking, yeah, I thought the movie was a lot better than what I remember of the theatrical cut. And I think as a TV show, I would watch it again sometime down the line. It still wouldn't yeah. sit for four hours. But um, there, is still good, there are good aspects of it. Uh, of the whole Snyder verse. Uh, I, I still think Henry Cavill is a good Superman who hasn't mm-hmm. quite been written correctly. I think I, I will defend Batfleck. I think Ben Affleck's pretty good as Batman, especially mm-hmm. an older Batman. And then obviously everyone else, you know, we already know Gal, Gal Gadot to hit uh, Jason Momoa smash. Much uh, better in this. Yeah. Um, m- allegedly we're going to see Ezra Miller in his own Flash movie. That movie almost seems too good to be true at this point <laughs> with each new bit of information that comes out. But, yeah, you know, and and to, to follow up on what Andrew said at the beginning, I also don't particularly care for Zack Snyder as a director. But one thing I've noticed is that when he releases his director's cut, 
of any given movie, I seem to like it better. Yeah. Uh, this one's a little got a little asterisk next to it because it wasn't really his movie in the in the beginning. But Watchmen, the director's cut's better than the theatrical. Batman versus Superman, uh, the director's cut's better than the theatrical. Do you ever see the director's cut for uh, Three Hundred? No. I don't know that I saw that one. Don't, don't know if it's better, but it probably is. Let's face it. Probably it probably is. It's like I feel like if a studio is going to hire Zack Snyder, you need to just let him make what he wanted to make. Um, whether it's four hours or not, and if you're not willing to like swallow that pill, then don't hire him, I guess, because yeah. it does seem to improve when they just say, okay, you know what? Make what you wanted, and we'll put it on the Blu-ray. I I, I agree with that. Like, and those are my thoughts. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay. Uh, um, I, I agree with you on that. Like, for some reason, yeah. Like, I, I will say that I've not seen the director's cut of 300, um, I'll have to go back and watch the, cause there, cause there's, I think there's three cuts of Watchmen. There are multiple cuts of Watchmen. Yeah. yeah so there's, there's, there's the theatrical cut. They're all better than theatrical. Yeah. There's the, there's the director's cut and then there's the ultimate cut, which I don't know how long that is, but whatever. Uh, but the thing is, is that like, yeah, it, it seems that way. Cause I remember Batman and Superman, Batman versus Superman being really good and that's that's my thing is that like when it comes to Zack Snyder you know obviously fans like him he's got a little bit of a I want to say he's got a little bit of a cult following I mean he is in the comic book realm I mean what do you mean a little bit of a cult following an entire fan group got this movie made then I stand correct I think he's a little bigger than cult now well, like, but the thing is, is that like, he, he, he's, he's sort of, he's only done comic book movies. Yeah. So, so I don't know if, I mean, he's able to do that. Good for him. But my thing is, is that like, my thing is, is that like, you know, if they're going to hire him, if, if they're going to hire him to do these franchise movies, yes, I agree. Why don't they, why don't they just give him free reign? Yeah. Let him do his own thing. Let him do it. You know, like, you know, they did the same thing with, uh, they did the same thing with Ridley Scott, and he didn't get like final cut on Blade Runner until almost thirty years later. So yeah, one of his only movies that's not a comic book movie, or two of his only comic movies that aren't comic book movies, uh, are still kind of franchise movies. It's Dawn of the Dead, yeah, which is a, a remake of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And then uh, Sucker Punch is like one of his only original movies that he it's wrote. The one that basically like he's made right. people think maybe he's not that great. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, Led, the, the Guardians of Gahul. I keep forgetting that he was technically the director of an animated movie. Uh, Legends of the Guardians or Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul uh, was directed by Zack Snyder. Um, and it's got really good reviews. So maybe there's maybe there's something there. But we yeah, we, we really yet to see him like do his own thing. I've said the same thing about James Gunn is that James Gunn has a, a good backlog before Guardians of the Galaxy. But since then, like, hey, give James Gunn like a, let him do his, whatever, like whatever he wants to do now and give him that same level of of uh, money you might for uh, Guardians or give him, you know, uh, uh, you know, two thirds of what you might get for Guardians. 
you know, I want to see what he what he would come up with now instead of him doing, you know, uh, so when he got Suicide Squad, I was kind of bummed about that. But yeah, I, Snyder and a lot of his movies do have that that uh, that director's cut thing. Well, uh, Gary, do you want to go? Um, I don't have too much else to say. I mean, I agree with most of what everybody says. I'm not a huge fan of um, Snyder's style. Um, I think the slow-mo effects were done well most of the time, but every time that I thought it was done well, I immediately went, well, I got the same treatment, so it cheapens it a little bit, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> I like this, the character development much better. I like the clarity on what the hell is going on. I, rem- I don't remember much about the theatrical cut because I don't like it, um, but I remember constantly being confused about what was going on. Like, what is the villain even trying to accomplish? Like, what is, I just remember constantly not having any idea what was going on. Um, So it was good to see uh, that. I did get some Avengers vibes, but I didn't, that didn't bother me. Um, Other than the fact that Darkseid kind of looked like Thanos. Um, It depends on how you tell your story. And I Mm -hmm. thought that they had really good moments of telling their story. Um, but in the end, I'm going to pose this question. So we all agree that have seen it, that this movie is far better than the theatrical cut. But is it, is it a good movie? Because I still walked away not really caring. But what I will say is that I think this had a, some version of this come out. I think that this could have been the one that righted the ship because I was very intrigued by the world building that they created, the characters that they set up and the branches that they proposed. Um, And so while I do not like Man of Steel, I do not care for Batman v Superman. I do not care for most of Zack Snyder. um, And I don't care for most of DC's universal movies. Uh, But I think based on what I saw from this one, it at least, in my opinion, could have been the one to go, okay, now we have some footing. Now we can get some traction and now we can move forward. What do you guys think? Cause, cause to me, I still think that this movie is just okay. Now, did overall. you watch did, did you watch it as a movie or like Josh, did you take it in a second? Uh, it was, I, I watched it in times. Yeah. I do think it was, I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I give it, I would, you know, getting a little ahead of my, of our uh, rating at the end, I'd probably give it like a B plus, A minus. Like, I think that there's a combination of, you have to look at like the outer circumstances of the movie and then you kind of have to take the movie as, as it is. And if this had been what he released in theaters or there had been released in theaters in 2017, I think I would feel the same way because a lot of the problems I have with it, I can't just ignore because I'm excited to get, you know, the unedited cut. I'm very happy for Zack Snyder that he got this opportunity to do this, something a lot of directors would love to get, you know, a chance to release their full vision of a movie without having to make all these compromises uh, that a lot of movies have to make. Um, But I still think as it's released, as I'm looking at it, you know, it's, it's really good, but you know, it's still not quite, it's not what I would call perfect. There's still a lot of things that I have a problem with. No, but I'd say considering that, I'm getting a huge echo from somebody. I don't know. Uh, I just mute myself, man. I don't know. Anyway, um, I think considering the fact that 
this movie or this version of the movie has come out like a almost a full four years later um kind of hobbled together from old footage from new footage that was shot late last year and um like salvaged from whatever you want to like Warner the Warner Brothers cutting room floor I think it's pretty impressive how good it is considering sure. all those hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably should still be confusing and yet somehow it is a lot more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it's, a, I think it's a good movie, but I also think, you know, if you're, it, it, I'm pretty like, eh, I'm pretty neutral as a DC person. There are some that, like, I really like Batman. I like Batman as much as I like any of the big Marvel people. But then I'm less enthused by, like, your Aquaman and and uh, Wonder Woman, Superman. Like, I like them at, at various levels. But, like, if you're not a DC person, you're not going to be made one now. Um, so that's why I think, like, if, if, if your reaction watching it is, well, I still don't really care about these characters... And you probably just won't. <laughs> and and then- I think, I think for me that comes from the world of DC that they've created, um, because I have always struggled to like anybody outside of Batman and Wonder Woman um, for DC. Uh, and I and I think it's just because they're so like, it, for lack of a better comparison it's a very Game of Thronesian world where there are like kings and gods and these are the hierarchy people. And, and I don't connect with those kinds of worlds and I don't connect with, I have never connected with Superman as a hero. Um, I don't care. Uh, you can go back and listen to our Superman and series, movies, podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, to should. hear how much I don't care. Especially listen to Gary and I yell at each other for yeah. like, 30, like 12 and, minutes. And David, we might yell at each other here again because we might. again, I don't, care too much about yeah. superman in general yeah. um in this and this is this is the best example that i have as to why i don't care about superman in this movie i was excited to see superman for a total of 10 seconds and it was when he entered himself into the fight with steppenwolf mm-hmm. but when he stepped in i don't want to ru- i don't want to ruin the moment but when he showed up the way that he did i went oh man it's on and then after like just a couple of things, it was over. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, I'm done. Yeah. Well, it was, I'm I mean, excited. it's total, you know, it's dun, 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 And that's dun, the way dun, that it dun, feels like you know? with all of Superman is that it's like, oh man, build up, build up, build up Superman. Okay. Well, that was fast. Oh yeah. He comes in, he's the beast. You know, he comes in. Uh, I mean, mild spoilers here. It's a, it's a very John Cena-esque, uh, you know, right return just demolishes. Just and it demolishes, sucks all the fun out of it. You know? Uh, a little bit, not a whole lot for me. Oh, I was very, I was super I was excited. Very excited. Cause here's my thing, Garrett. This is one of, now we got a, like a version of this in Man of Steel. And I, I praised this element when Man of Steel came out. This is one of the first times we've ever seen Superman on the big screen actually do something with his powers other than push and pull things for so many of us watching the old Christopher Reeve Superman movies and, and, and Superman returns with, with uh, Brandon Routh. It's just him pushing stuff and, 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 and carrying things. He's actually wrecking people in this movie. And I, I loved agree. it. Blasting I guys and punching. I mean, it, it was like, it was like, oh man, 
finally the 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 you know uh you know bruiser superman that like he can be and he's actually fighting somebody who can take it you know um uh, when i agree and i think that that goes back to the superman discussion that we had last time david is that they just Mm -hmm. haven't given him a good villain he's always facing lex luthor who is just a human being who can't take his kind of stuff you set him up with people like that and that's a better villain for him to kind of showcase and i was more intrigued by that but it still did not give it, me it, the full payoff that I wanted. Thus, I still walked away just unsatisfied. It really, helped, it really helped that he kind of helps turn the tide. And then it's teamwork from then. And you see like, hey, you know, what all these all these characters can do as a, as a unit. Um, and uh, I guess to get into my, my thing is that I, um, despite my appearance and despite what, uh, you know, I, my love for DC... Um, I may, you may not be saying what you think I'm going to say. It's good. Again, had a few problems with it. There's, you know, we got the Zack Snyder cut. We got the theatrical cut. I'd really love to see like an editor's cut of this movie now where we get rid of a lot of the waste. There's so much fat to trim here. Um, I think you can shear up like 15 minutes just by not having so many slow-mo on things that don't matter. Um, you know, I like a scene of Lois Lane going to Superman's uh, memorial you know, that's great. It doesn't need to take two minutes to do that. Um, there's a scene where Aquaman saves a guy in the ocean and brings him in and goes, tell him not to go out during the King's Tide. Uh, takes his shirt off. Again, why did he put his shirt back on? Goes back <laughs> into the ocean. It's all, it's all in slow-mo. It's like a six-minute scene that doesn't really do much of anything, especially with the hindsight of, you already have the Aquaman movie now. I know the Aquaman movie hadn't come out when they shot that, but you got it now. Your audience knows what Aquaman can do. They don't need it. They don't. They're not sitting there going like, "Oh, Aquaman saves people in the ocean." Oh, I didn't know that. You know, uh, uh, as as nice as it is, I don't really think you need that intro. That, that intro with Barry Allen. I, I liked it. I think Barry Allen, his speed is like the perfect ex- excuse for just Snyder's slow mo style. Yeah. Um, there's only so many ways you can you can tell the, the you know you can you can visualize super speed uh right. in film you right. know and one of the best ways to do it is the character with super speed moves at normal speed and everybody else is moving at super slow uh you know and i and so i thought that that was great uh but it just takes so long and i when when, when some i don't know what the song was i should have looked it up when some total zach snydery song starts playing while he's in slow-mo and it's like you know, you know, if I, you know, I, I, I just, it was like, I was like, oh, God. It was Superman, right? No. Hmm? I can't remember. It was, if it would have been great if it was uh, Superman from the, uh, from Scrubs. Uh, it was some song, I don't know, but it was, it was, it gave me such Watchmen vibes. Um, yes, Cyborg is a thousand times better here. There's probably one scene you don't need from Cyborg in this movie, but otherwise, uh, they give you an actual reason to care about cyborg being in the movie barry allen while i still in general don't like the sheldonizing of his character uh i do really like his his big hero moment at the end um that was and, and they earned that really well with the scenes of him and his father in prison that was really cool i was actually watching it and i was actually like uh like my like my heart was kind of like light uh, listening to it i was like he it was this whole thing about make your own future make your own past you know be your own man don't try to you know don't waste your life trying to correct my mistakes 
you know, which is a great, uh, a great, interesting message. And why Joss cut that for, for, for nothing, like nothing really, like it's so much better than what I remember having. Um, I think from the moment Superman is resurrected or the moment they decide to resurrect Superman to right before the epilogue, I think it's a fantastic movie. There are two hours before that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is a lot of, like you said, world building and exposition and, uh, you know, introducing you to characters and concepts, but not all of it lands for me. Um, it's all, it's all well done enough, but it's just, a lot of it feels, feels like you're sitting there watching what it feels like you're watching them have to, like, you're literally watching Zach go, well, there's not movies for these characters. So I have to establish who they are. Yeah. And I just don't think it's necessarily true. People get it. The Flash is fast. Aquaman sees people in the ocean. Wonder Woman is, is you know, is, is a Greek god. You know, like people, it's not that difficult of a concept to get them over. Um, but I also, I, and I, this is where I'm going to be a very unique person. Spoiler alert. Don't really give a crap about the epilogue stuff and them in the, in, in the despondent future. Um, didn't uh, basically everything after the part where Lex Luthor and uh, uh, Deathstroke are talking pointless. Well, I don't like it. I, I think it, I think it weakens the, uh, it, a, it weakens the whole thing of like Lex being like, Hey, here's how you can kill Batman. And Deathstroke being like, I'm going to kill Batman in the next Batman movie. And then one second later, he's working with Batman five years later. It's like, Oh, I guess that didn't work out. Whatever they, uh, whatever they did, that didn't work out. Um, Jared Leto's fine in his cameo, but, uh, overall, um, the future, the, the future that we're not going to get, I almost would have rather that not be teased if we're not, if we're not ever going to get it, um, or, or keep it more vague than they did, because what they set up with it was actually, you know, something that would be really interesting to see is a future in which, uh, Superman's been corrupted and they have to, you know, dark side finally showed up with his, uh, legions and, um, the heroes are having to find a way to, to overcome this, but we're never going to get that, or we're very unlikely to get that. Um, the, one of the uh, big execs at Warner Brothers said that they don't really have any plans or desires to restore the Snyderverse, so um, which is going to be interesting. I read, I read a little answer. about uh, uh, the Snyder universe that he was going to set up eventually with the future of the justice league movies. Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of, in an interview, they asked him like, you know, or I guess the studio wanted him to just kind of wrap everything up because, because of that fact, they didn't want like, you know, a, a world that they're not going to get. And Snyder was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not how the genre goes. And so I'm going to bring, even if we don't ever get them, I'm going to branch off into the world that I was going to create because that's how this world would have been. Um, and that's how this genre goes. So from my, at least from what I read, that is why at least he put those, um, moments in there, um, from his artistic perspective again. Yeah. From an artistic perspective, I disagree with, with, with the idea of that. Um, it's fine though. I mean, it's his, it's his movie ultimately. Like if I was making my movie, I'd want all my stuff in that I made too. Um, but, um, from a view, from a consumer, from a viewer perspective, it just seemed like um, things would have been really great if you just ended on that monologue by uh, Cyborg's father. And 
left out on this sort of like more flipping thing because you're not going to finish it. Or, you know, you have the references to this imperfect future uh, in there. You know, just leave it at that. Don't try to sell me on a movie that I'm never going to get. Um, uh, lastly, I would have cut all that Martian Manhunter stuff. Both, 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 both Martian Manhunter scenes were pointless to me. Uh, but uh, that's that. But, I, but I'm a big DC fan. I love Batman. I love Superman. I have a flash hat somewhere. The Riddler's back there. Um, I, I'm very excited for more DC movies. You know, they're making an Aquaman too, and it's still Jason Momoa. And I assume it's still going to carry through some of the elements of Zack Snyder's universe. Um, there are plans for a third Wonder Woman movie, despite Wonder Woman 84's critical response. I assume it's still Gal Gadot. It's still going to carry forth some of those elements. If it's in the, if it's in the future, it could be Wonder Woman 2004 for all we know. Um, uh, and uh, if they ever make this flash uh, with the director from uh, It Nip Chapter 2 it's, I assume it's going to carry those things forward so like remnants of the Snyderverse are going to still exist but I just don't think we're going to get whatever story Zach had in mind no, for the future I think, I think if I'm a playing Booker here um, Flash movie resets everything you get rid of Superman unless Henry's back. I can't remember if he's back or not. Uh, I know he I was know gone. And I think I heard that he's coming back. Batfleck's uh, gone for the most part. Um, and you're going to somehow be able to keep as Miller, Gal, Jason, and probably bring in Pattinson at some point in time. Yeah. And then you've, I mean, you, you've got, uh, you know, you got Zachary and, uh, Levi. Uh, Zachary Levi. The outskirts yeah. too. Zach, well, so. especially when, uh, Black Adam comes out because then they'll want they'll definitely want to try to figure out how to get the rock in there somehow. Yeah. The rock versus, you know, the justice league. That'd be great. Yeah. That movie just had some casting news come out today too, or the other day. Pierce Brosnan. Oh yeah. I did see that. So that's going to be cool. Um, you know, as a long time viewer of DC stuff and I read, I like, I read, I read a lot of Batman stuff. I read a lot of Superman stuff as a kid, a lot of individual justice leagues, not really like a run of it. But um, I love it, you know, and I want to see it keep going. I'm really excited for Matt Reeves' Batman. Um, and I'm, I'm uh, casually interested in a new Superman movie that's been announced with J.J. Abrams and, um, oh, shoot. Was it Tennessee? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, I was pretty sure that was who it was. As, you know, I'm, ca- I'm very interested to see what that turns into. Um, and I'm excited. HBO now that now that Warner Brothers has this HBO Max streaming service, they're just greenlighting stuff left and right. So it'll be interesting to see what it looks like ten years from now, uh, what all content they'll create for this. But um, yeah, I mean that's really all I have to say about this movie. I really liked it. It's much better. There are issues with it. You know, there's no reason to go back to the Whedon one. D- Whedon, no. No, no. In fact, in fact, we might talk about that next. Is just the the, the disparity between the the Joss version and this version. Like, I, don't even I tried to watch it. It was bad. Don't watch it. You don't need to. It's it's so he cut out. There's so much cut out and so much added in. It's just so weird. Like the the Flash. I hated the Flash in that movie. I don't remember if we ever, we never did a review of the original Justice League. But I remember walking away going, wow, I can't believe they just like did a character assassination on the Flash. Barry Allen's awful in that. He was basically just Sheldon with a Flash suit on. Mm-hmm. And then Aquaman was just like dude bro Aquaman. Uh, and I, it was so insufferable. 
and it took uh, James Wan's Aquaman to maybe go, okay, all right, yeah, okay, this can work. Can yeah, work. Jason yeah. Moe can do this, you know, and it's actually making Aquaman uh, kind of relatable for this time period, the character who's kind of been not that relatable for a long time. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as a, a person has kind of been revealed to be not super great. Uh, we're learning mm. recently through um, people who've worked with him on past projects. So um, it's probably, you know, I'm going to, putting that aside and just looking at his work, um, even there, he's not been very good in a very long time, in my mm. opinion. Um, I agree. His strength is television, and it always has been. Um, I've not seen all of his movies, but the the two that I like off the top of my head that I would say, like, these are Joss Whedon movies are um, the, the film um, version of Firefly Serenity mm-hmm. and The Cabin in the Woods. Um, I, I, you know, we talked about this in our review of the Avengers franchise. I still think that Age of Ultron is is weak in comparison to the rest of them. Um, I don't think he was the right choice for that movie in hindsight. Um, you hand him a big franchise and he just doesn't seem to be up to the task. Um, plus, he just, there's, we, you know, there were problems on the Age of Ultron set we learned in hindsight there were enormous problems on this on the justice league set so it's like maybe this guy needs to just go away yeah i think (laughs) he needs to just retire it seems like there's an element of his career peaking with marvel's avengers yeah uh and um i you know we've we thought you can actually go listen to our review of avengers and avengers age of ultron and we all agree that avengers age of ultron despite now looking back being sort of a, a a a a I don't know if the right right term latchkey you know component like there's so many things that are set up in that movie. Uh, it doesn't feel like it feels overstuffed, you know. And I don't know if that's purely a Joss Whedon thing or if it's a combination of elements. But I really think Avengers: Age of Ultron burnt him out, um, and, it did, it I, and and his career hasn't been the same since. Yeah. So I just I don't know. Uh, hearing that Joss Whedon is attached to a project doesn't intrigue me in the way that it used to, like a decade ago. No. Um, you know, that's that's how that goes. He uh, he he really did peak with Avengers. Um, that could have been like his big break into like big Hollywood blockbusters, and it, it just didn't come to fruition. I mean, it it was it was bad enough that he got some bad press after that, but then to just totally fumble Justice League, it kind of just I think killed any prospects of being a, a blockbuster director. Um, but to, and then to just to piggyback a little bit on what you said earlier about the future of DC. Um, I think one thing they're going to, they might run into issue wise is like this idea of consistency among the franchises, because none of them, they don't feel like they're part of the same universe. You know what I mean? Um, whereas Marvel pretty well does. Um, the MCU feels pretty uniform. The, the, the DC movies feel like completely different worlds, even though they're not always. Um, you know, we didn't even mention the uh, Birds of Prey 
universe that they've got going on that is definitely part of um the dc eu overall um we've got a, a rebooted suicide squad coming out this you year a, you uh, got a different joker yeah yeah, we got, yeah, you got you got Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and then you have well, the thing Jared you got, Leto's Joker. And, and that's Joker. where I wanted to talk about the consistency, because Joker, with Joaquin Phoenix, as it stands currently, is considered standalone and not part of the universe. Until yeah. the Ezra Miller Flash movie makes him part of it somehow. Like, like that, they can read, they can do whatever they want. I, I, I don't think they're going to do that. But like, well, and they can, they are, there is a way that exists that they can get back into a, somehow building a universe if they want to but i'm also not opposed to giving these standalone universes and big crossover movies um yeah i don't know how they would do that it would be very difficult to do what what to join them together because i mean part of the issue with with joaquin phoenix's joker is that by the time he becomes joker he is a middle-aged man and batman is a child so like don't like that would be extremely difficult to pull off um, Robert Pattinson's Batman is also supposed to be currently considered standalone because it's in like a different decade than the others. So like there would have to be a whole bunch of stuff yeah. to, to change. I don't even know if one Flash movie is capable of pulling off. May not be, yeah. Um, but then we also like Michael Keaton is in Flashpoint. And so is Ben Affleck. And so is Ben Affleck. Um, eh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I don't know what they don't have currently planned. know if there's going to be a Birds of Prey sequel. And it it, uh, it 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 feels to me unfortunate the idea that you're finally going to give uh, what you know a character that's probably like the fourth or fifth most popular character in the DC universe, and his first big live action film is going to be basically a advertisement for other other characters and other movies that like it's going to be fixing your problems. Uh, which kind of like you know if that was like the third flash movie the fourth flash movie where you know like you know we've had like eight you know we've had like a what uh six different spider-man movies you know like if if spider-man has i you know if spider-man does if the eight spider-man movie has a lot of iron man in it i don't care so much i've gotten a lot of spider-man the first time we get flash he's gonna have to share his screen time with like you know three different batmans or you know another version of the flash that he meets or whatever it's a little bit disappointing uh, to, for for it to possibly go down that way. Obviously, this is all speculation at this point. And uh, yeah. you know, I I'll say that you know, Doctor Strange two seems to be going a lot in that direction too. You know, it might have Wanda in, it might have this, but they've kind of done a better job of establishing in the Marvel movies that these kind of interactions can happen. And uh, they haven't necessarily pulled that off yet. Warner Brothers has, but um, but you're right. No, but but I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's it's going to be a, an exaggerated version of one of my main issues with Batman versus Superman, which was that I don't think Wonder Woman and Aquaman belonged in that movie. It was very weird to have them there. And Flash is in it too. He has and like Flash, a brief like, that brief appearance from the future. That movie is not Batman versus Superman. It's you just made a Justice League movie. I don't understand. Yeah, you why. made it. You made. I mean, it is called Dawn of Justice. You could have just yeah. called it for the pre-Justice League yeah. or something like that. Well, where DC, in my opinion, went wrong is they were trying to play catch up in the wrong way. They knew that they were, I mean, they were already behind on getting their um, Justice League out. Um, they should have given each character they wanted to establish at least one movie before they released it. But they were trying to get that Justice League out quick. 
they wanted their big bads to go up against Marvel's big bads instead of taking time to establish at least in some way who these characters are. Because while most people, because like Cyborg, especially, I don't feel like the general fan knows who that is. And I also don't feel like the general fan, they have an idea who Flash is now because of the show, but pre-show, I feel like most people would be like, yeah, he's fast, but that's it. Yeah. Like, I think focused on the wrong characters, like um, maybe instead of getting Batman v Superman, which I'm going to call a Batman movie for lack of better term. (laughs) and Man of Steel to establish Superman, maybe we should have gotten Wonder Woman and Aquaman first because, like, we already know who Batman and Superman is. They should be the ones who are introduced in another movie um, and give us time to learn more about less established characters. Yeah, I mean... Ben Affleck, Batman, and later on. I, I, for a long time, defended the idea. This was before, like, Man of Steel came out. Um, but I, for a long time defended the idea because if you remember man of steel came out one year after avengers so like not only they find a catch up they're like way behind at that point but i have maintained for a long time that i thought that the justice league characters were recognizable enough that you could get away with not having to do six movies to build up to a justice league that you could superman batman like you just said how many times do you need to watch superman's planet blow up and you need to watch batman's parents die you know like you don't need another version of that Wonder Woman, you could stand with doing a solo movie. The Flash, you could stand with doing a solo movie. You could introduce a character like Cyborg without an, without a movie and make part of his origin be the Justice League movie. I don't have a problem with that. I think that that's a great way of getting kind of a backdoor pilot, to use a, mo- a TV term, for Cyborg. Because after this movie, I was like, man, you could do a Cyborg movie. Like, there's plenty of stuff here. You could do something with that. Uh, you know, Aquaman, you might be better off introducing him in something like this because... Aquaman for so many years, I mean, for decades, has been a punchline of uh, the DC fandom and of general people. If you've heard of Aquaman, you're like, Aquaman. But uh, you don't, I felt like you didn't have to, like Josh said, you could have introduced two of the characters that are maybe lesser known in, in build up movies and then go right into Justice League because, you know, these characters are fairly well known. Um, I think that they could have gotten away with it. Now, looking back at it, I, maybe I was wrong. You know, I think that okay. if I had gotten the chance to see Ben Affleck as Batman once before, it might have not made me feel better about Batman versus Superman and then Justice League. If I had gotten to know Aquaman as Jason Momoa's Aquaman first, I probably would have liked him better um, because I could have understood where they were going with going what they were going for. Um, but you know, you live and learn. That's true. They're all just making it up as they go along now anyway. Well, unless there are any other things to add about Justice League, I say let's move on to um, our next topic, I guess, which is uh, we don't really have box office stats for this movie. Now, the the closest thing I have is a uh, a, uh, Nielsen-esque report. Uh, Samba TV reported that amongst their the people they have at least 1.8 million american households watched at least the first five minutes of justice league uh the day the weekend it debuted um which is not quite as good as wonder woman 84 which had 2.2 million but just a little bit better than falcon and winter soldier which they recorded data for two which had 1.7 um now granted that's not official numbers from 
Warner Brothers or from Disney. So you got to take a little bit of it with how many people are in that survey. But, uh, you know, I mean, people have watched it. You can tell by that. You can tell by Twitter. You can tell by uh, most social media. It is a tie is a huge topic of conversation right now. It has captured the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I believe uh, Andrew is running the letterbox game for this week. Uh, right. We will guess the current score, average score, the hardest one ever, of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. I okay. So, Zack Snyder's Justice League. What does everybody rank it as we speak? Mm. Hang on, I think I. I think I rated it on Letterboxd, so I'm gonna check real quick. Are we talking about? I shouldn't. Are we get? Are we giving our own personal rating? Or are we guessing the rating? Guessing. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say three point nine. Ooh, you mm-hmm. going a little high? high um, David, you're three point nine. Um, I'm gonna go low, but not incredibly low. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say three point three. So, David, 3.9. Josh, 3.3. I'm going to go a little higher, but in between, I'm going to say 3.6. Okay, well, that's perfect. There's a chance for everybody to win here. No ties are available, I believe. So, Josh, 3.3. Garrett, 3.6. David, 3.9. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. The winner is Garrett with a 3.5. Oh, a solid 3.5. I feel like that's close enough. All right. So, yeah, 3.5 is the average for this. Uh, Josh, you did rate it. It is three at 3.5. Garrett, you also rated it 3.3 stars. Um, All right. I uh, what is everybody? I rated it, but I haven't reviewed it yet. What does everybody rank it personally? You already told mine and Josh's. Yeah. So what does David rank it? <laughs> hey, did I already do it? Hang on, profile. Let me go to my Letterbox account. You can follow me on Letterbox just at David Pront. Uh, I'll be oh, the guy wearing the red hat. I, I should, uh, if I you're should. not sure it's me, A Knight's Tale is in my top favorites, so that you'll know it's me when you see A Knight's Tale, one of the best movies of all time. Uh, lists. Uh, you know, Garrett just saw that for the first time the other day. I did. Really? I did. Great, right? Yeah, it was very good. I was very... There's a, there's a weird part of me that didn't see a chunk of movies um, for... I, it was like it was early 2000s, because young Garrett, who didn't know any better who I won't make excuses for would see a particular kind of movie and just assume it was a a chick flick and a night's tale somehow got into that category. And I never Mm. saw it. And I, and then I just never revisited because of the opportunity never came up and it wasn't enough in my forefront to go, you know what movie I want to watch the night's tale. I know it's such a random movie, right? It's a sports movie it, set yeah. in medieval times, essentially. It was very good. I like it. Very good. And look, I appreciate anybody who tells me that they hate it and it sucks. That's great for you, all right? It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Heath Ledger is so cool in it. Uh, Paul Bettany, who's now known 
worldwide as division uh had me laughing my ass off as a kid just it it is so funny he spent a year in silence to better understand the whisper you know ravished by her turkish uncle the whole thing um so great um i would give Zack snyder's justice league a four I think that might be the highest of anybody here, but I give it a B, B plus, A minus. It's in that range. It's between a between for me. It's between like a on a on a grading scale between like a seventy eight and an eighty two. Really good. An hour and maybe ten minutes too long. Uh, too much slow mo. Didn't need the Aquaman saving guy on a boat, putting on a shirt for no reason, and taking it back off. Like those elements removed. Very good. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've seen a lot of TikToks that are like side by side comparisons. And you're like, wow, one of the ways that Joss cut so much of this movie is just by not having the slow-mo be so long. He just like had cuts, you know, for, you know, uh, what a strange phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's really good though. It's much better than anything. I think, I think than most things that DC has put out in recent history. Um, I don't think it's the best that we'll ever get from DC, but it, man, you know, there's something for how, you know, giving a director, the opportunity to exact their full vision, you know, um, every director I've seen on Twitter has been complimenting him, whether or not they like the movie or not. They're like, Hey, great for you, man. Um, and it's a situation that sucked. You know, the movie is dedicated to his daughter. And, um, so you gotta appreciate, I think you have to appreciate it as just a purely artistic endeavor in a lot of ways. So I give it and a four stars. Uh, respect his, because this really is his true vision. He did not get paid for this in order to have almost complete creative control. Um, there is a one thing you mentioned. And they the did throw a hell of a budget at it. They did throw a big budget. There was one thing that they didn't let him do that I read where he wanted the uh, Martian Manhunter to be the Green Lantern, but they were like, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> we have plans for that. Yeah, I wish that instead of either of those, it had just been Zachary Levi shows up. That would have been... Like cut that first scene with Martian Manhunter and just at the end, Zachary Levi shows up and he's like, hi, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I would have had such oh my God. incredible. I'd like to apply for the Justice League, please. Trying to picture Zachary Levi Shazam on screen with Ben Affleck's Batman. It's And that's where I'm like, the consistency is not in <laughs> Those worlds don't belong. No. That's why you got to continue. I mean, if, if Snyder's not going to be a part of it anymore, you have to start <laughs> to adjust the tone, right? You have to start to adjust the tone to fit certain things together. All right. Andrew, what do you rank it? It's a solid three for me. Oh. I liked it, but would I ever watch this again? No. And and, you watch movies over and over again. But like, but the thing is, is that like this right here, again, it's so long and there's set there's there's stuff that's like so drawn out. You know, like I I I'm kinda with you, Garrett. Like there's I just don't care. You know. I wish I could, and I can't. You know, like, like, I think it does a better job at like fleshing out more of the characters. I think there's a little bit more plot than there is. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I personally, it just like it's good enough to where I'll give it three stars. But other than that, I don't care. Not my, not my cup of tea. Not my glass of wine. Fair enough. Okie dokie. Well, that leaves us with a rounded up average score of a 3.5. Um, 
Oh, well, the, again, the algorithm works. We are in tune with the rest of Letterboxd. That is solid three and a half. <laughs> Perfectly wow. balanced as all things should be. All right. That wraps up our um, Justice, Zack Snyder's Justice League um, review. Thanks for watching or listening to the show. Be sure you subscribe if you haven't done that yet. Um, we're, of course, available on YouTube and in your favorite podcasting app. Just... Um, Andrew, subscribe to one, both, or all of them. Um, and share, share, share to share the show with your friends. Be sure you uh, check out our social media as well: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox. Um, we just recently shared a couple of very funny videos of Andrew's shenanigans, uh, which is literally all he's good for. Conveniently, Andrew's gone now. Just he's, in yeah. time, he, yeah, he's not. How are he, you doing, Clark? His, Some his random journalist has joined the. Yeah. That's uh, Caleb right there. That's Caleb. That, that's, 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 cor that's correct there, Garrett Alvin. Um, I, I thank you so much. Um, yes, Bring Andrew back. I, I don't it, like this guy. No, I don't like I don't like. I don't like him. Well, as, as, no. as, as Joshua over here so eloquently put it. I'm, no. I don't. I don't like him. Oh, at least, Caleb, no. at least Caleb's a little more alert. Yeah, he, he's, not, he's not asleep. He, he does smoke air cigarettes, though. Apparently. Anyway, oh, my my twin brother. Finish wrapping up the show. There. I'm only I'm only, I'm only, I'm only, put, I'm only putting on a a fake. Josh, can you oh, mute? Bye bye. Him? I did. <laughs> I'm no, only he unmuted. On a, a fake British accent, like my counterpart uh, Amber Heard did, because she also put on a fake British accent for this movie. Oh yeah. Atrocious. Forgot about Amber Heard. Oh, gone. Are you going to let me in the show now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Find us online. You know you know the drill. Uh, we'll be back next time with another um, review. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye.